when you go through situations like that, you know, the Muslim should know, okay, I've hit a wall. You might have hit a wall. Allah is al-Hakim. Mm -hmm. There is a wisdom behind this. This is, mm -hmm. you know, Aqeedah that we learn theoretically. This is implementing Aqeedah in practicality. Me knowing Allah is al-Hakim. He's the most wise. I've hit a wall right now. I've failed my college exams. I've failed my uni exams. My parents really want me to do this. Oh, Allah, you know every single scenario that could have happened in my life. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, this is the scenario that you chose to happen. Wow. There must be some wisdom in this. Yeah. There must be some wisdom in this. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the realest podcast in the dunya, The Three Muslims. We're joined here with the very special guest, Brother Musa. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. How are you guys? Alhamdulillah, man. Alhamdulillah, doing a little better now that we got you on. SubhanAllah, like a year ago, uh, just over a year ago, we didn't even have this podcast. And I remember watching videos of you interviewing, you know, all the greats in, in, in the Dawah scene. And I was just like, yo, I want to be like that one day. And I know where that if someone told me like in a year from here, you're going to be, you know, talking to a lot of people that are in the Dawah scene. You're going to be doing your best to do Dawah. And bro, I would say like, no way. That's that's cap. There's there's no way that's possible. Yeah. Um, and now we're here. Alhamdulillah, Qadr Allah. And uh, really fortunate to have the opportunity to speak to you, bro. May Allah bless you, bro. Uh, I guess that's how life is, man. Subhanallah. Um, I've had similar experiences in my life where, you know, you you don't you don't you don't know what you're going to be doing in five years. You know, Subhanallah. Even a few years ago, um, the stuff that I'm doing now, you know, if you told me that I'm going to be doing it, I, w I would never expect it. And it just goes to show us how Allah, you know, is is guiding us along our way. You know, we may think we're in control, but in reality, you know, uh, it's Allah who's, who's who's blessing us. Alhamdulillah. 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 Rami, bro, what's on your mind? Bro, I was just going to say, like, wallah, like, that's so true. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says himself uh, that he could, he would provide for those, basically those, the good doers from places they never even imagined. And this is something I have personally experienced. And I'm sure, honestly, many people in the world have experienced. And uh, it reminds me of something Mufti Mike said, where he said, um, when things go his way or things go according to his plan, he says, Alhamdulillah, once. And when things don't go according to his plan, he says, Alhamdulillah, twice. Once for um, basically it not happening according to what he wanted, and the second one for Allah subhanahu wa taala intervening and doing exactly what He will. So I think that that's beautiful, Subhanallah. Yeah. Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, man. Um, so this being said, when you when you mentioned you know five years ago, you know, just like just like what I was saying, you wouldn't know that you'd be here right now, and or even like even a year ago or two years ago, Subhanallah, because no one knows, and we can't we can't anticipate these things. We can't ret retrospectively look you know forward into our lives and see what's to come. Um, but it's also important to be present in the moment. Um, so for you, um, personally. How do you manage goal setting or, or let's say, you know, the direction you want to propagate towards while also understanding, okay, I got to be in the present moment, focus on what Allah wants for me, etc. Yeah, subhanAllah. I think, that's, I think that's a brilliant question. And for me personally, um, I, th I think it's about trying your best because this is something that like um, a lot of people, like we all have expectations for ourselves, right? So like... Um, I think every single person has a certain image of what they want to be in their head. So, you know, um, if, if you're a brother, you know, you may have a specific image of what you would like your body to look like, you know, going to the gym and stuff like that in a year or in six months. Um, things that you want to know, even if it be in Islamic knowledge, you know, let's say you want to memorize the Quran, you know, you have certain like things that you want. I think, I think sometimes it's important to not get too worked up on what you want. I think it's important to try and get to where you want, but also allow allow for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide you along that. Mm. Because sometimes like you may work hard for something, 
and you don't get it. You don't get it. And some people, you know, um, they may, they may, they may feel like okay. And there's a balance as well. So like, let's use the example of memorizing the Quran, right? So let's say you're working hard for memorizing the Quran and you're finding it difficult. What some people might do in the beginning is give up or feel like, you know, it's, it's something that I, I, I kind of, you know, maybe it's not for me, right? And they might not say that, but it, it's, it, it's something that a person might do. Um, so I think uh, what happens in that type of situation is you should, you should persist and try hard. But there's other situations in life where you're trying to, you know, get to somewhere and it's just not happening. Nothing is happening, right? You have a specific goal and it's just not happening for you. Um, and and it's as if Allah is pointing you in another direction. Okay? So you might want to go to a specific university and study, but everything that's happening in your life, it's like pointing in a completely different direction. Mm. And I feel like in situations like that, that's like where, you know, what Akhuna uh, Rami just, uh, you know, uh, he, he mentioned about Mufti Mek, what he mentioned. In situations like that, it's as if, you know, that thing isn't for you, you know, maybe you should go towards the other thing and that might be better for you, right? And sometimes that's what happens to us in life. That's exactly what happens to us in life. Like with me, even personally, um, university is something that my dad um, would really emphasize, you know, he would really emphasize for me. And my dad's not one of those traditional type of fathers that's like, you know, um, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like those cultural yeah, yeah, yeah. type of Go to school, become a doctor, a lawyer, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's not like okay. that. So, so, But he wanted me to go uni because he's like, it's actually going to, for, for the education of uni. Mm. So not for a career. My dad never said to me, go uni because you're going to get a good job. But he would always encourage me to go uni because of a, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to give you certain skills, you know? Um, and for a long time, I didn't go uni. And I felt like I, it's not really for me and education. I'm not really, you know, whatever, et cetera. But then one day I just, I, I read a book. Um, it really inspired me. And I thought, okay, you know what? I, I think uni might be for me. And subhanAllah, now I'm, I'm in my final year. I'm about to graduate, inshallah. Make dua for me. I, need, I, I still need to start my dissertation. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and that's it. You know, I, th I, I think it's about how, and it goes back to the initial point, you know. Uh, how Allah is guiding us, you know. So you may have your goals, you may have your objectives, but Allah has a different objective for you. And that's important to remember. So um, sometimes it's important not to be too hung up on your objectives and your goals uh, to the perspective where like if, 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 if you're seeing Allah is taking you in a different direction and it's a good direction, maybe that's better for you. Yes. Maybe that's actually yeah. better for you. Yeah, but my my question in response, not in response, but following that is, yeah. it's it's kind of been painted in the way where it's like you try something, it doesn't work out, and then something shows kind of the path opens up for you. What if you're in a situation where you try something, it doesn't work, and you just mm -hmm. feel like you're at a wall? You don't feel that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is guide, has guided you in a specific direction because I feel like that happens to a lot of the youth as well, especially yeah. at that point when they go from high school and they have to decide what they want to do the rest of their life. It's kind of like, I tried this, it didn't work out, or I failed. Now what? How do you get through a tough, depressing time like that? Um, SubhanAllah, I think, I think times like that. Firstly, like it, I, I think it really depends what you're talking about. And I think this is a very good conversation to have. I think it depends what you're talking about. Like, if it's education, bro, SubhanAllah, like, a lot of people take education. And when I say education, I mean like Western education, ac academia. Um, they take it in my opinion, this is my opinion, they take it too seriously, mm. right? It's like your be-all and end-all. You know, there, there's some families, they make your degree your life. If you if you come home, um, I was watching a podcast and there was this Eritrean brother and he was talking about, and different cultures are different. He was saying that Eritreans, for them, it's not even about the job or career. It's just about uni, you know? It's just about the paper, you know? You don't even need to have a job afterwards. It's just going uni. And, you know, how dropping out of uni, not going to uni is such a big thing for them. You know, even in the Pakistani culture, I'm, I'm originally Pakistani. Like for us, culturally speaking, you know, if, if you didn't go uni, it's like 
you know, some people might see you as a failure anyway. Um, and I remember there was a story here um, of this a young man um, who went missing. I don't know if it reached you guys. Um, you guys are in America, right? We're in Canada. Canada. Yeah. Canada. Okay, mashallah. I love Canada. Um, <laughs> I, I like Canada. I was in Canada um, uh, like a couple of years ago. I really enjoyed it. Inshallah. But um, yeah, I don't know if the story reached you. It was a new story here. It was, it was pretty big. You know, there's a big forest we have here called Epping Forest. Um, and this guy went missing. He was found in Epping Forest, dead. Okay. And I think he had killed himself. And he was in a good university. And they linked his death directly to university, university stress, the stress he was going through at university, right? And one thing that that made me reflect on is how seriously people take this, okay? Mm. Um, and how, how important certain people have made it. And it goes back to the question, it depends what we're talking about. If we're talking about uni, you know, and you feel like, okay, you're failing your exams or it's not for you, etc. or whatnot. Alhamdulillah, like for me personally, if that happened to me, it's not that deep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like, okay, maybe this isn't for me. Khalas. Mm. Maybe I need to find something else. Maybe I need to make some dua. I need to and, and, and I really think this is where Islam comes in. Yeah. A mm. lot of people don't realize that for us, knowing our purpose as Muslims, knowing why we're here. Um, you know, as Allah says in Surah Al-Dhariyat, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ You know, all of these concepts, they're not just theoretical things. Mm. And it really annoys me when we as Muslims make these ayat in the Quran and these concepts from Islam theoretical. Meaning, we believe in them, but they don't reflect anything in our actions. You know, we still, we're basically, we're, we behave just the same as kuffar. We behave exactly the same as Hindus and Christians and, and others, atheists, um, from the perspective, if we fail an exam, we behave the same. You know, if, if something doesn't go well for us in life, we behave exactly the same. Mm. And it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. That means you haven't understood Islam in its, in its essence. You know, yeah. understanding Islam in its essence, you know, when you go through situations like that, you know, the Muslim should know, okay, I've hit a wall. You might have hit a wall. Allah is al-Hakim. There is a wisdom behind this. This is, you know, aqidah that we learn theoretically. This is implementing aqidah in practicality. Me knowing Allah is al-Hakim. He's the most wise. I've hit a wall right now. I've failed my college exams. I've failed my uni exams. My parents really want me to do this. Oh Allah, you know every single scenario that could have happened in my life. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, this is the scenario that you chose to happen. There must be some wisdom in this. Yeah. There must be some wisdom in this. Bro, I feel like anytime you have tawakkul in Allah, when you don't get what you want in the dunya, it really doesn't matter. That's the, it's yeah. not that deep. As long as you have your affairs straight with Allah. Like, I, I don't say this to boast, but bro, I'm, I'm currently in uh, studying medicine and I'm like seven years deep, bro. I got three more to go and uh, or two and a half to go. And I'm saying this right now. And I, whenever I say this to people, they always, they're like, bro, what are you saying? Like, are you crazy? But yeah. I always say, inshallah, I never have to practice. Because what I want to do once I'm done is take a more academic Islamic education and, yeah. and continue doing Dawah full time. And this is all I want to do. I don't know about Rami. I don't know about Anhel, but I definitely know this is why we started the podcast. This is what gives me fulfillment in life. When I have my affairs straight with that, that's what helps me wake up and, and do what I do. And not, you know, yeah, OK, you know, being a doctor, I know a lot of people watching, including my parents, they're probably going to be like, come on, like, I know. But bro, look at Zakir Naik, uh, Dr. Sabil Ahmed. A lot of people have left dunya worldly careers for doing da'wah because there's it helps them you know show themselves that they're doing what they can for allah and for the sake of allah not just for the dunya now can you do that in a dunya means of course but that's not what we're talking about right and what links to what you were saying too is the whole desi culture too but not just desi culture just a lot of parents in general they really put that stress so that brother um that probably took his own life you know because of uni yeah, it's probably him, but we also got to see where that, that culture is coming from, where that's propagating from, too. Yeah. Um, so I want to say, like, for the record, my grandfather, that this man's a real G, like, 100%. He's the only guy I know in my entire Brown family who, whenever he calls me, the first thing he says is, are you praying? Everyone oh. is out school going. Or, Did you get your degree? Are you this? Are you, are you passing your courses? All he asks, are you praying? And I'm always like, alhamdulillah, yes. And he's like, that's all I need to know. MashaAllah. But that's the thing, right? 
you know, uh, he's associating success clearly, you know, evidently, or the most important thing with, in reality, the most important thing, you know, and, for, and, and this is what shows you why some of our communities are really messed up in their thinking. And we have to say it how it is, right? You know, your community is messed up, right? When you could go to your father or your mother and say, you know, I missed all of my salawat last week. And they won't really react that, you know, or they might be upset or whatever, if, if they're upset. And, you know, they'll get over it, basically. They'll get over you telling them that. They probably won't even remember it in a week, okay? But try the same thing with telling them, oh, you know what? Uh, I've left uni because I want to pursue a, a different path. I want to I wanna, I wanna launch a business, right? It's not, And it shows you how, you know, things have... And, and this is not... Uh, and I'm sure this is none of our point, right? We're not here to... Um, you know, just trash university. That, that's not what we're doing, right? But the point is putting things in their proper places. And subhanAllah, I actually personally feel like when you put uni in the proper place, you actually enjoy it more. You actually enjoy it more, you yeah. know? You, you actually feel like, okay, you know what? I'm here. It's good. It's an experience for me. I'm going to learn. I'm going to study. And the pressure goes away, you know? There's, um, no, there's no fear of failure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's no fear of failure. So, so you enjoy it more. Um, mm. And the pressure should be in, in the real important things mm. like salah, like etc. And subhanAllah, you know, my, my, my father, one of his uncles passed away, Allah yarhamhu, you know, um, in Pakistan. And I remember when he passed away, my dad mentioned something very interesting. And my dad, um, he mentioned that, and it's so true, like when people pass away, yeah, like no one cares about, you know, what uni you went to when you pass away. And this, even those people who in this dunya, like these cultural parents, even these people, they don't care. When, you, when you've when you died, they don't care what uni you went to or, you know, what job you had. What do people mention? Cultural people, religious people, everyone. What do they mention when, when, when someone's passed away? Oh, mashallah, you know him? He built a village mm. in so-and-so place. He built a masjid in his village. Mm. He, he, was, he was a person of sadaqah. He was a person, he used to read the Qur'an a lot. Now, all of a sudden, the Akhirah comes out, right? And, 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 and this is a, a mentality that, you know, if, if our parents don't have it, obviously we have to approach them with respect and mannerisms and stuff. But we definitely, as young people, should have it. So um, going back to Rami's, you know, in, initial point, I think that if you're a young person, chances are, and, and you've hit a wall, firstly, chances are what you, defi what you define as a young person um, who hasn't experienced life yet properly as a big problem and a big thing, it might not even be a big issue, right? In the grand scheme of things, you yeah. know, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not a big deal, right? Um, and we have to go with, um, and we have to have that reliance on Allah, you know, and I'm a firm believer in in, in, in actualizing aqidah in that way, you know, yes. when we think of Allah's al-Hakim, al-Alim, al-Basir, you know, al-Khabir, you know, al-Sami'a, all of these things, they mean so much, you know, they mean so much. So when you understand that, you know, Allah's with me, you know, yeah, like all of these ayat in the Quran, when you actualize them, you you will have the comfort that you need to, to live your life, you know. Allah I think Allah it's important. Allah, but I know both of you can agree with this point that a big factor that's driving force between behind this is is people are too heavily relying on the system because the system perpetuates itself in a way where it, it yields this victim mentality unless we have the system to protect us and give us everything. That's why when, when someone says that I want to pursue this and I want to leave uni, the parents are like, what do you mean? Because uni, you know, mentally, subconsciously, it gives them this, this uh, security factor, right? Or it's like, you know, I want to have kids. And it's like, how are you going to have kids? You don't have kids. But they don't have tawakkul because Allah puts barakah in their marriage and in their family once they have kids. But they have the order mixed up because they're thinking, okay, system, you got to pay taxes, you got to have money, you don't have money, so how are you going to have kids, right? Yeah, subhanAllah. Just on the side note, just to piggyback off that point, the amount of people I went to, and I, I, pull, I pulled the ayah in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, if two poor slaves get married for the sake of Allah, Allah will enrich them. I quote that to them as like, uh, like premise number one. Premise number two, let me marry your daughter, right? Like, that's premise number one. <laughs> and, and they're like, heck no. 
as if I quoted them a quote from Harry Potter or something. And that's that's a shame, in my opinion. But, but that's the thing, like Subhanallah, when you when you look at, um, you know, the dunya, in the context of the Quran, you know, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala mentions the dunya over a hundred times, and He doesn't praise it. You know, we as Muslims, um, we we need to really realize these things. You know, and and and, and I, I think our elders as well need to really realize these things that, from a Quranic perspective. You know, the dunya is not something that's praised, you know. بَلْ تُؤْثِرُونَ الْحَيَةُ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ وَأَبَقَى كَلَّا بَلْ تُحِبُّونَ الْعَاجِلَةُ وَتَذَرُونَ الْآخِرَةُ All of these ayat, you know, what, what do they mean? What, why is Allah telling us this for? It's, you know, uh, the Prophet ﷺ, he had the choice. He could have lived in a luxurious manner, like the kings of this world, you know. حَجَّةُ uh, you know, a hundred thousand companions. He was a king. He, he, had, he, he had enough people you know, beneath him, you know, to live like a king. But subhanAllah, the Prophet ﷺ, what we know from his life, he lived a simple life. He lived a simple, humble life as the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. Someone would enter upon the Prophet ﷺ and his companions. They would not be able to distinguish between the Prophet ﷺ and his companions. Allahu Akbar. And even in this day and age, it's not like that. If you were to, if you were to oftentimes go into a masjid, and there's a sheikh giving a lecture, you would probably be able to distinguish between the sheikh and the others, right? And that's not me saying anything bad about shuyukh, but it's saying, look at how the Prophet ﷺ was, right? Mm-hmm. Dunya was something that, you know, the, like the statement of Ali, Ali radiallahu anhu, he made a statement. He said, Kunu abna al-akhirah. He said, be children of the akhirah. Meaning like, be a people of the akhirah, right? These companions, you know, they had the akhirah instilled inside them. You know, it reminds me, um, there was, um, after the Battle of Uhud, right? It was after the Battle of Uhud. Uh, there was a lady from Banu Dinar, okay? She had lost her husband in the battle. She had lost her husband, her father, and her brother at the Battle of Uhud, yeah? When she found this out, or when the army, you know, when she saw the army and she engaged with the army, what does she ask? She asks, and of course I paraphrase, she's asking, how is the Prophet Muhammad How is the Prophet And they're like, you know, he's okay. But she wanted to see the Prophet that he's okay. You know, and when she sees that the Prophet is okay, what does she express? All of these misfortunes, all of these you know, things that have happened to me are nothing if you're okay. You know, subhanAllah. And this is how the companions were. They 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 lived their life as people who, who they were willing to sacrifice things for the akhirah. Yeah. Okay? And that's not us saying live broke, live like that. And, and this is an unfortunate thing. People don't realize when you have this mentality, Allah provides for you. And, and me personally, I don't know about you guys. You guys can comment on this, right? But from what I've seen, the people who I've seen who are comfortable in terms of dunya, mashallah, tabarakallah, and as in they live the type of life you would want to live, they're people who are not people who are chasing dunya. They're not people like that. And subhanAllah, like it, it's clear, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made things, made things clear for us. Yeah, yeah subhanAllah. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum, I'm glad you mentioned them in their mentality because the Prophet he did, and we can see in the hadith that he did such an amazing job of instilling this mentality in them. And just this hadith I'm about to like paraphrase, just imagine we're amongst the Sahaba. So the Sahaba and the Prophet they're walking through the market and the Prophet he sees a dead goat, like a dead goat carcass on the floor and he picks it up by the ear and he kind of holds it in front, uh, in front of him to the Sahaba, and he's like, who wants to buy this from me? And the Sahaba, they're like, why would we want to buy that? Like, it's, it's rotting, it's gross, it's, there's no use. Why would we, we, we wouldn't even take it if you gave it to us for free. That's what they said. And the Prophet he said that the dunya in the eyes of Allah is lower, it's less than this, this dead goat in your eyes. SubhanAllah. And how can we hear a hadith like that and then run and dedicate our lives to getting even even just like even a million dollars, something that's like sounds like crazy to a lot of people, even a million dollars in this world. One, you know, the Prophet he said that Turaqat before Salat al Fajr is, is worth the uh, the dunya and everything in it, or is greater than the dunya and everything in it. That is 
I think this is what we need to start propagating to the youth. This is what we need to start teaching them. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned the elders before as well because it's, Allah, it's a shame that Allah bless them and have mercy on them. Uh, that a lot of them, including like my own upbringing, it didn't have that, that backing in Aqidah. They, they didn't teach you the hadith of the Prophet where he literally teaches you the formula to get stronger, to not fall into depression. And uh, I, I want to mention this before when you were talking about uh, when you hit a wall and answering that question. The Prophet he said that um, the strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer, and there's good in everyone. Usually you hear that and then like khalas and hadith. It, it continues. Because that, that begs the question, how do you get strong? What, what do you mean by strong? How do you get strong? The Prophet he says, cherish that, hold on to that which gives you benefit and, and uh, uh, trust in Allah, have tawakkul, and don't become faint-hearted, don't become weak-hearted, don't lose hope. And then that begs the question, okay, how do I not lose hope? Or how, what would cause me to lose hope? He says, if anything comes to you in the form of something difficult or hard, don't say, oh, if only I took that major instead. If only I, I didn't go ask for that girl's hand in marriage. If only I took this job instead. Rather say, call it Allah and Allah does as he wills. That, that has honestly kept me going, I would say, for the past few years. Yeah, you know, this stuff is so important. Um, and and I, I honestly think if we just spoke about this, you know, for, for a whole podcast, it, 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 it would be an amazing thing to speak about. Like meaning this, if, if you can go home with this by itself, this is an amazing, amazing thing to realize that the things that are happening to you, even the mistakes that you're making, you know, they're setting you up for something in the future. This is the uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what he's doing with you, you know, subhanAllah. And, and uh, how many times do you hear stories where like people, you know, they were at the lowest point of their lives. And because of that lowest point, they ended up seeing the highest point of their lives. The best thing ever happened to them. You know, some people, you know, they've gone through divorce, you know, and they're like, it's the best thing that happened to me. You know, I, I, I'm grateful to Allah that it happened to me. And subhanAllah, actually, you find people who don't accept the qadr of Allah, those people, how they live their lives as well. Some people, they just can't... They, they, it's 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 like they're stopping themselves from reaching what we're talking about. You know this tranquility, this um, the, this peacefulness inside you. You know when I, I when you accept the qadr of Allah, you reach a level of peacefulness inside you. You know that Alhamdulillah, I have to walk in Allah. Allah is doing something good for me. Inshallah, right? There is hikmah in this. There's knowledge in this. Allah can see what I'm doing, right? But then there's some people who are like, no. You know, I, I'm not happy with what's happening to me. This is terrible. This is, you know, and, 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 and it's as if like they're not happy with the qadr of Allah. They're not what, happy with what Allah is decreeing for them. And, and as a result of their unhappiness, it's like they're just messing things up for themselves further. Yeah. Know? Yeah, that's, that's actually, I would say exactly how depression happens. Either you lose something that you feel you should have and that causes you depression, or you, you feel like you lack something that you should have, something you never had that you feel you deserve. And it's only then that you feel that cognitive dissonance that my life should be like this or it used to be like this and it's not like that. That, that throws you into depression. That throws you to having panic attacks, anxiety attacks and having a, a dreadful life. And this is exactly basically what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you don't remember me. If you would remember me and my blessings upon you, my favors upon you and that to be completely honest, you don't deserve, you're not entitled to everything and that what Allah gives you is actually perfect for you. With that kind of mentality, there's no room for you to even think or feel that you're, you're missing out on something. Because you would technically have everything. There's actually a beautiful uh, narration, I think, of two companions who were sitting by the ocean and they had just like dry bread. And they were dipping it into the water uh, to make it basically edible, to make it something they can put in their mouth and, and, and swallow without it you know, hurting. And I believe one companion said to the other that if the, the, the kings of Persia and Rome and like all these different places... If they knew what we had, the iman that we had, they would send armies to come take it from us. And these were people that were living like what we see as luxurious lives, subhanAllah. So let's say that you have a Muslim who's brought up in a cultural family who is uh, kind of taught that you should go to universities, to have a mediocre job and so on and so forth. They listen to this podcast and they're starting to have this dichotomy that, you know, maybe that's not how life should be. Maybe I should, you know, change my aqidah in, in terms of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet taught, where should they start? What's the first thing they should establish in their mind? 
Um, I think, um, firstly, um, the typical thing with a lot of people, and this is very typical and it's very, very um, cliche. Uh, my parents want me to go to university. I don't want to go to university. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to you know, do something else, right? Uh, and I even think even this type of mentality can be dangerous, right? Or not, maybe not dangerous, but why don't you want to go to university for? You know, why don't you want to go to university? You know, for me personally, one of one of my intentions, um, and this is something personal, but I don't mind sharing it for the benefit. One of my intentions to go to university was for it to be a form of birrul walidin, for it to be a form of me doing good towards my parents. I know it will make my dad so happy for me to go to university, for me to have a education in that way. You know, what is seen as an education. It will make my dad very, very happy. Um, for me to get good grades, it would make him very, very happy. And I want to, you know, why Why would I not want to do that? Right? So I really think that it all depends on your mentality. Some people, they act as if the only way to spiritual success is through, you know, praying salat, for example. And of course, we're never going to, we're never going to belittle praying salah. It's the best act of worship you can do. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, making your parents happy is an amazing act of worship. It's an amazing act of worship. One of the pious predecessors, you know, his sibling, um, you know, spent the night praying Qiyamul Layl. And he himself spent the night serving one of his parents. And he expressed, I would rather do what I done. I, I Like, I would rather do what I done. I would much rather serve my parents than do that Qiyamul Layl that my brother done. Right? And, 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 and it shows us the fahm, the understanding that they had. So some of us young people, the, the mentality that we have is, I don't want to go uni, which is something that our parents want us to do. I want to do X, Y, and Z instead. Right? For me personally, I mean, it depends on what you want to do. But for me personally... Um, I believe even if your parents want you to go university and there's no haram in you doing that, it's good in you doing that, it's going to benefit you in anything. And you know what? For for for, for Over here, I know in, in the UK, university is three years, right? Um, if you're doing a normal bachelor's, right, in any subject that you're doing. Of course, medicine and these type of courses are longer. But let's say you're doing three years, right? SubhanAllah, why not use that three years as an opportunity? You know what? In this three years, I'm going to figure out what I want to do after uni. You know, while I'm making my parents happy, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do after uni. And subhanAllah, you know, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he expressed to us in a hadith that the middle door, you know, the word that, that the Prophet used in the hadith is awsab. Yeah, the middle door to Jannah is basically through the pleasure of your father. Okay, the father is the middle door to Jannah. SubhanAllah, like it shows us the value of us pleasing our parents in Islam. So I, I think sometimes these things, we need to look at them from a different mentality. I don't know if that answers your question. I don't know if that were, that's where you were going, but I, I just felt like I want to mention that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JazakAllah khair. I mean, the answer you gave is, is basically the answer you gave uh, at the end of the day because there's some, there are so many ways you could have answered it, right? You could have said, oh, you know, start by establishing, like, you know, a better understanding of Tawheed if, if they don't have that. But the route you took is, is something that a lot of people lack, a lot of people don't have. And I think that initially what you said, basically questioning the, the person's intentions, I think is very important because it, it, does, it shouldn't be a matter of my parents want me to go to uni. I don't want to go to uni. Why is, it, why is the subject or topic you're oriented around university to begin with? You, I feel like you've already kind of missed, missed the point when it becomes the topic of should I, should I not go to university? Because the whole point should be Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first and foremost. And then yeah. from there, you know, uh, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides is, is, is best, what's moral, obeying your parents and so on and so forth. And then you can kind of, I guess, weigh everything in accordance to your situation. So I'm, I'm glad that you, you didn't take that traditional kind of, you know, just pray okay. and fast and all I, that. I think, I think the parents, Akhi, like, I, I don't think it's emphasized enough. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it is. And maybe, you know, a lot of the times when, when it is spoken about, it's spoken about by like older mashayikh. Mm -hmm. Or like mm -hmm. people who are seen as elders. Yeah. But, you know, us guys, mashallah, we're young, you know. And I hope that some of the audience will see that, you know, we're just like them in that way. We're young as well. And sometimes when, when people say things like what I'm saying, 
the person hearing it on the other side assumes that, you know, I've never gone through a struggle with my parents. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like when, when we hear stuff like this from older people, it's as if, oh, his relationship, you know, my parents are abusive and, and people have all of this type of stuff to say, right? Um, the fact of the matter is, I'm sure every single one of us has our own struggles with our parents. I'm sure that sometimes our parents say things to us that we don't like to hear. They know exactly what button to press, exactly what to say. But having sabr with them, the reward of that, you know, being good to your parents, you know, you know, subhanAllah, the Prophet, he expressed us in a hadith that, you know, the the pleasure of Allah is in the pleasure of, of your father, of your parents. You know, subhanAllah, like these things are practical ways of us getting closer to Allah. And these are acts of worship. No, make no mistake, these are acts of worship. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, in his book Al-Ubudiyah, he describes what an act of worship is. And it's anything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. Anything Allah loves is an act of worship. Allah loves for you to be good to your parents, right? So it's an act of worship. Um, so if we're talking about, you know, doing good things and whatnot, of course, no doubt about it. Learning about Allah, learning Tawheed, um, praying your Salah, being more conscious of Allah, being someone who, you know, knows more about Allah, it's important. But these practical things that we can do in our lives are also very important. Yeah, you know, 100%. You know, well, I find it funny. Before I let Faya jump in here, um, when you mentioned that you don't hear this about the parents except from the parents themselves, when a young person hears it from the parent or from their parents, especially their grandparents, it becomes like, you're just using that because like it benefits you. That's what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, and yeah. I remember distinctly when I was younger, I wasn't very practicing, you know, um, when, I, when I was a kid, but uh, I would pray behind, you know, certain elders. And every, I swear, every single time they would lead us in prayer, they would recite that verse specifically. And, you know, may Allah forgive me. I was a young boy. I remember sitting there like, you're just reciting that because like, you don't want us to like, you know, disagree with you or something like that. But Allah, that kind of mentality is so toxic. That kind of mentality itself is so toxic. So Alhamdulillah, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I can imagine, you know, there being a million of me, young me's out there kind of thinking the same thing because it's not based in, in, in people like, you know, adding scripture or saying scripture because it benefits them. It's, it's based on what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself, like you said, what he loves. And I think that was a beautiful way to phrase it. But Fayad, bro, where, where's your, your mind at right now on this? Bro, listen, hearing, hearing you guys talking about, about this, it really begs the question that Brother Musa Adnan being here right now, Ustad Adnan Rashid, when we had him on, he was speaking a little bit about, you know, raising kids and, and how he, you know, influenced you guys. And he didn't really impose university or education in a strict way or tell you guys what to do but instead set the precedents and guidelines and examples for you guys to follow and i think that's a very superior way of parenting compared to just you know forcing kids to do x y and z so this being said what are three important lessons that you learned from your father allahu akbar that's an amazing question um and yeah that's that's true by the way what you mentioned uh, for me my dad you know he encouraged me to do things and whatnot but Subhanallah, like it's like I ended up going uni, ended up doing exactly what he studied, you know, you know, and without him imposing it, I could have done politics or whatever else I wanted to do. But Qadrullah, um, I done history, Alhamdulillah. Um, three things, I would say three things that I get from my father. Um, number one, I'll say strength, and when I say that, I mean it generally. Um, the way I look at my father, this is the perception I have in my head of my father is a very strong person um and i don't necessarily mean physically um only but i mean strong-minded very strong-minded um i don't know if that's because my dad was raised you know back home and i know people back home are just different breed mashallah a lot of the time but he's very strong-minded mashallah tabarakallah and he's if he holds an opinion he's very strong on that opinion um, he's he's that that's the way I describe, it. and I respect that, and I think it's it's a good way to be. Um, that's one thing. Um, another thing, mashallah, um, that has inspired me recently, and I think it's it's a good it's a good thing to mention, is um, you know when he does something, you know, um, you know when I, like for example his his field is history, and he's very interested in history, um, and subhanallah. It reminds me of the hadith, you know, in Allah Kataba Ihsana ala kulli shay. You know, uh, the Prophet, he basically expressed to us in a hadith that 
Allah has written for you to have ihsan, you know, excellence in every single thing that you do. And subhanAllah, um, when, when I, even on a personal level, I'm sitting with my father, you know, and he's discussing, you know, um, history, I'm blown away. I'm simply blown away, you know. Um, and like, I'll give you guys an example. And it's actually, I just clicked my notes and it's open. So my, my father, I often hear him quoting like um, chronological things, dates. And he's a historian, he's expecting well. I said to him, you know what, let's sit down right now. And this was a few nights ago. And it was at night, just me and him. I said, let's go, let's do an Islamic chronology. Yeah. Um, from your head, basically. And the vast majority, up until the end, it was done from his head, right? And subhanAllah, this is basically, I can show you it. This, this, this is a whole chronology that was done from his head. Yeah? And these are dates. So it starts, the Prophet Sallallahu passing, the reign of Abu Bakr, Umar, Umar Uthman, Ali, Hassan, radiallahu anhum, ajma'in, the Umayyad Caliphate, going through each caliph. He ruled from here to here. He ruled from here. <laughs> all off the top of his head. So that's another thing I really, really respect. You know, the, the zeal of knowledge um, in him. And I would say the third thing uh, is, um, I guess, being easygoing as well. He is someone that's easygoing, you know, um, easygoing. He's an easygoing person. And I think being easygoing in your own life, like not getting worried too much, not taking too much worry um, and not taking too much burden um, is a good thing. Um, so you're not necessarily talking about being laid back attitude, but more like outcome independence. Yeah. So I'm not talking about being lazy necessarily, like not lazy or stuff like that. But I mean, like, like, let's say we're going through a really tough situation. Some people are the type of people, they just worry. Hmm. They panic. They, their worry will kill them you know i'm speaking metaphorically of course yeah um but my dad my father he's like the type of person um no, i'm not saying he doesn't get worried but like he's he's more like it is what it is kind of thing you know and he deals with, he's he's very easy going in that way uh even just generally like um with uni i'll give you an example of uni you know i've gone to my father in the past and this is a very human thing to do like I worry as well about my my own self and stuff like that. So I've gone to him in the past and I've basically said to him, you know, I, I really want to get good grade in this. I really, you know, I'm 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 kind of overthinking about this assignment or I don't know what. And he's just like, no, take it easy, you know. He's like, no, take it easy. Like wh whatever, even if you get a, you know, this grade or whatever, it's fine. It is what it is, kind of thing. And that's what I mean when I say like laid back. Like at the same time, it was told me, no, you have to work your hardest. But yeah, these are just things that came to my head, by the way. I, they're not necessarily the most important things. Alhamdulillah. May Allah bless him. I mean, Allahumma ameen. SubhanAllah. And I think our fathers are, 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 are like that for all of us, man. I think they should be, at least. Um, and if, if, if anyone's watching, because sometimes some people, because um, my dad's public and I, I'm public as well, sometimes people, they look at us and they just think that. You know, um, like for me, I'll be honest with you guys, like in only in the last two years, I've actually appreciated my father for his own work, you know, properly, I feel, you know, that doesn't mean I didn't appreciate it before, but it's like, oh, you know, mashallah, your dad and he does this and he does that. You know, people come up to you and they say things or it must be really amazing to, you know, and people say stuff like this, um, but it's only recently and I'm grateful to Allah for giving me this. But it's only recently where I felt like I've had, um, I've, I've had the capability to appreciate what my dad's done for me, um, mm -hmm. and what he's done in his life. And I think that that was an effort from myself. That was an effort from myself. And I think that's something where a lot of us need to make. Because sometimes us as children, it goes back to the wider question of parents. Sometimes us as children, it's as if we expect our parents to come down to our level, and make everything make our relationships good and make everything you know i don't know if you guys are, are with what i'm trying to say but with um i feel like it, it's important for us to initiate that with our parents you know um go up to your parents say say that you love them you know yeah say you want to take them out you know initiate that you know make that because at the end of the day your parents are your jannah you know it's not necessarily the same the opposite way you know, it's not as emphasized the opposite way. 
So you need to work for it, you know, and, and that's the mentality I have. I want to work for it more, you know, and I need to work for it more. Yes, Allah. And may Allah grant us all that. Allahumma ameen. So I want to just quickly mention something you reminded me of in the Quran, and I want to I wanna ask you a question about that point. So I don't remember the ayah specifically uh, or exactly what it says, but I remember the context was basically the father of, of Ibrahim, alayhi salam. He said to his son, when his son was calling him to worship Allah alone and, and not forge idols, not worship them, he basically pulled out the I took care of you your whole life card. And Ibrahim, alayhi salam, he didn't say like, you know, yeah, but you're a kafir, doesn't count, or anything like that. He showed appreciation towards his father for that. Although at the same time, his father was making idols and worshiping idols and not believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is the most important thing. So even someone like his father who turned against him with the entire community to have him killed, he still showed that appreciation. I think that subhanAllah is, it was a real eye-opener for me specifically. But Akhi Musa, when you say that you appreciate, you just come to be able to appreciate your father's work uh, more wholesomely now. What I would I would ask what aspects of it more or can you elaborate more on what you mean with that? Um, I think even even um, you know, for example, um, and I think it's part of maturity. People see things differently. You know, uh, I, 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 I'll give you an example. Like I'm I'm. I've been involved in da'wah, alhamdulillah. And my father has been as well. And in da'wah, you have different spheres of da'wah, different perspectives, different ways of giving da'wah. So my father may, or other people, they may do certain things. And I myself personally, I wouldn't do those things, right? I don't feel comfortable with doing those things, right? Um, not because I think I'm better or anything like that. It's not my style. That, that's simply it, right? Um, but like in recent time, and, and some people will look at certain other people's styles of da'wah and maybe even look down on it. But in recent years, I've come to appreciate that there's different ways of doing things. There's different ways of doing things. There's different values for things. For example, you may be very passionate about Quran or Hadith or a specific field. And because of your passion sometimes, you may start belittling other fields. You know, you may start looking down on other fields, right? Um, so, I, 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 and I think, I think if you've been raised with a specific father, like doing a certain thing, it's very easy for you to look in a foreign place. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like if you've been raised with biryani in your house all, all, all of your life, you're not necessarily going to value it. You know, you're going to look at mandi. You know, you're going to look at, and that's that's how I am. That's literally how I am, actually, right? I've been raised, like some people, for them, you know, the food that we eat is very, very, like, you know, nice. And they'll go to a restaurant to eat it. And with with with, with a Pakistani, he's not going to do that, right? He's going to, he wants to try something different. He, he, he respects and values other things because he's always had that his own life. But just because you've always had something doesn't mean you become ungrateful for it. Hmm. And I don't, I don't know if this is making it more clear. So like with my father, he's always been my father. Like, So sometimes even the advice your dad will give you, your dad can tell you something. And because it's your dad and maybe even growing up, you've seen your dad's mistakes and stuff like that. So you may belittle that advice, but you could go to a sheikh who may be worse than your dad, by the way, in his private life. He may be worse than your dad. But because you don't know his issues and whatnot, and he may tell you the exact same thing, but because he told you it, you're going to listen to it. Right? So it's, it's with my father, um, alhamdulillah, what, I, what I've tried to do and what, I'm, uh, what, what, what I've realized over years, and may, perhaps it's maturity, perhaps it's just age and growing up, is that I appreciate his advice much more now. If he was to give me advice, I would take it much more seriously now. Mm. Um, I, I would uh, listen to him much more. I value his advice. I value his experience. And that doesn't mean that my father's an angel and he's never made a mistake in his life because he's not, right? But we have to be more mature about these things uh, as children to our parents. We have to forgive our parents, right? We have to be kind to our parents. And I think this is something a lot of young people can't do because their parents, they may have seen certain mistakes from them growing up they don't value their dad's advice, their mother's mm. advice. They don't value. And subhanAllah, this is your mom, this is your dad. Maybe if you listen to your mom and dad's advice, Allah would just put barakah because it's from your mom and dad. 
because you're listening to the advice. Um, so it's stuff like this, you know, stuff like this that I think um, is very, very important. And I feel like it's a secret key, you know, to successes. I feel like if you make your parents happy, um, you know, you're making Allah happy, essentially, you know, and, 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 and you're going to you're going to you're going to feel that in your life, you know, and the opposite. You know, the opposite is true, where if you're making your parents upset and subhanAllah, our parents, they have brains. When your when your mom is giving you an advice or your father is giving you a, you an advice, and you're not taking it as seriously as someone foreign's advice, especially if your father is someone or your mother is someone of some Islamic knowledge, right? And you're showing your parents that you value other people's opinions more than theirs. Perhaps you're even, you know, showing them disrespect. Perhaps you're actually upsetting your parents, and as a result of upsetting your parents, perhaps you're actually incurring sin. You know, so these mm-hmm. things are bigger than the way we think, you know. Um, and you know what? The reward is big. And perhaps that's because the struggle is big, man. You know, with a lot of us, the struggle is big. You know, sometimes, even with me, I'll tell you this right now. My dad's in the other room right now, right? <laughs> and I'll tell you this right now. Sometimes my dad, Allahu Akbar, Kabir, he does some things, right, which I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of. I struggle with them. Right, sometimes our characters are different, but I, as a son, need to keep my mouth shut with all due respect to myself. You know, I need to be quiet, I need to know my dad's place, and I need to have sabr. And in that sabr, that's it, you know. Um, mm. bro, how then, many people, uh, brother Musa, do you see that they, they don't value that, that person in their life or their family or the people until they're gone? And I see this more times than when, when they're actually here with us in life. Like the 100%. fact that you've you've come in and of itself is a blessing to the 100%. realization that, you know, while your dad's still here and, and may Allah give you guys a long life and a healthy life and, and the best in this life and then hereafter. But, you know, a lot of people, they don't have that opportunity. And once they lose that parent or that, that sibling or that spouse or that child even, and, uh, you know, may Allah protect them. And, and once they do, they're just like, oh, you know, then these thoughts come up. Then it's like, oh. I wish I did this. I wish I did that. Just like Rami was saying from the Hadith, you know, I should have done this. I should have called them more, spent more time with them or given them more attention or, or just tried to make them happy, not just be, you know, so so mean or rude or whatever. You know, subhanAllah, what you just said there, bro, is, is powerful. And that's that's a deep point. Jazakallah khairiya. And that's a very important point because some of us, um, we don't realize that one day our parents are going to go. You know, subhanAllah, my mother, she lost her mother. Um, Allah yarhamma, my grandmother. Um, we lost her a, f- a couple years ago now, a few years ago, two two years ago. And I was very close with my grandmother as well. I, I grew up with her and um, she was like a second mother to me. And subhanAllah, sometimes to this day, my mother, she cries and and she says things about her mother and whatnot. But let me, I'll tell you one thing. I think one thing that gives my mom comfort is that she knows that she was good to her mother. You know, there's another one of my friends. His father was a very famous sheikh. Okay, and I won't mention who for their own privacy. Um, but especially in the Arab world, very famous. And this son was the youngest son. Now, in the Arab culture, the youngest son, he does the most khidmah. So when you have the guests coming over, he's the one serving the tea. He's the one running around, getting the food and whatnot. And we have that in our culture as well, right? So he, he basically mentioned to me that he was doing this for his father. And I actually directly mentioned it to him. You know, you must feel very happy and grateful to Allah, like that you've done that for your father before he passed away. And now he's young. He's only like 21, 22, but his father passed away. His father was old in age. Um, and I'm sure he feels like that, you know. And, and that's how you want to leave your parents. You want to think back on your parents. Alhamdulillah, at least I was good to them. I was good to them. I treated them good. And, 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 and some people, they genuinely don't realize the value of parents in Islam. You know, the value of parents, they have a big value, a big, big value. You know, after Allah and the Prophet, وسلم, you know, it's your parents. There's no one else. And they're the only people alive. That's it, khalas. It's your parents. That's, that's who it is, you know. Um, so uh, may Allah allow us to be good to them. You know, while they're with us. I mean, I mean, a lot of people might be emotional right now, so uh, we got to keep it a little bit lighthearted now. Um, you spoke yeah. about Monday, right? So, do you guys have any good Monday near you, or what? 
You know what? Uh, one of my friends, uh, shout out to uh, Muhammad Zain. He's a good friend of mine. Um, he's Syrian. He's a Syrian brother. Um, and he actually makes, he's got a Mandi oven that he ordered from Saudi. So this oven basically, bro, it's next level, bro. Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy. So basically you put the meat on top and you put the rice at the bottom and it cooks for like two hours or whatever, three hours. And the meat from the fat from the meat drips onto the rice. So the rice turns like yellow from the fat right amazing um i've had it in restaurants here and stuff. it's not the same though like when when they make it when, when my friend makes it when it's like homemade next level bro that's it bro we're when coming to the uk we're coming to the uk bro how, how far are you from the islamic caliphate of birmingham the islamic caliphate of birmingham uh the, i am not too far i'm, I'm not far from birmingham because i heard uh, there's like there's a ton of halal food there too and you know it's not a, it's not a struggle an issue here because alhamdulillah you know Allah where things are popping up here you know different halal joints but even 10 years ago it was it was very difficult some areas near toronto area it's 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 good but where i'm now in waterloo it's a little difficult but alhamdulillah like there's there's you have like vietnamese restaurants now sushi places everything's you know everyone's adopting halal food now alhamdulillah but are you guys in Monday, toronto yeah the best Monday is still an hour away, bro. Oh, wow. Bro, Monday here, man. Mashallah. It's good. Obviously, we don't have... The rest... Even in the restaurants, it's decent. Are you you guys are from Toronto. We Well, I grew up close. in Toronto. And Rami grew up close to Toronto. And then I moved to the city that Rami moved to. But now, we both live very far away. Bro, yeah. I had some nice Somali food, man. I had a... You know, there's a place called Hawash. No, I've also you know never had Somali food, bro. Oh my god, man! You got now. You guys have got good Somali food in in Canada and all that, man. Amazing! It's elite. Somali food is elite. Um, there was also, bro. When I was in Canada, I loved the French vanilla, man. I know you guys are probably over it. <laughs> no, no, no! You I'm guys... still not over, it, bro. The Tim Hortons French vanilla. That's it, that's it bro. Yeah, yeah. Bro, banging, man! Like it was really nice. Um, everything's bigger over there as well. Like you know, you guys' cups, you guys' medium is like our. You know, our large, like, 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 mashallah, you guys are, it's very nice, man. So, well, do you good. have plans of coming to Canada anytime soon? I'd like to, I'd definitely like to. I know some, uh, some I've got some good brothers out there, um, as well that I was with when I came last time, but yeah, definitely, I, I would love to come again, inshallah. Toronto mm-hmm. was nice, man, inshallah. Yeah, I heard there's a lot of gang violence. It's going up, it's getting up there, unfortunately. May Allah protect us. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, well, inshallah, if you come down here, we'd love to take you around, show you around, you know, Tito and everything. Definitely, man. All right. I got one last question before we wrap up this podcast because we don't want to keep it too long. Um, very important question. And this is a very humbling question. So, you know, don't hold back on whatever answer you want to give us. But what advice would you have? for our podcast we're about you know 12 months in we want to aspire to be you know great at what we do and you know so you can give us things that maybe uh the three muslims specific it could be stuff that helped you along the way so things that you would have done differently um so leave it to you allahu akbar um no mashallah uh you guys i think you guys are doing an amazing job um for me personally um the podcast i was hosting was it was IRA's podcast. It was IRA's podcast. IRA's a DAO organization. So uh, if I was to do a podcast, um, learning from that, um, and in this this all depends on how you guys want to do things, but we would, I would actually plan the podcast, right? So questions I want to ask and stuff like that and research. I would actually do research before podcasts on the topic I want to discuss so that I had some knowledge on it and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I think that one, okay, okay, I'll give you a generic advice. I'll give you a generic advice, which you guys might already be doing, but I think it's very, very important if you're in public speaking. And this is a form of public speaking, what you guys are doing. Um, I think reading is very important. I think reading is very, very important. Um, so I would advise you guys to read. Um, read books, um, especially in English, because, you know, talking in this context, um, because reading... Um, allows you to become more eloquent in your speech. Um, you build your vocabulary and it actually allows you to present things better um, uh, 
to, to, to other people. And of course, it increases you in knowledge as well. So that's one thing that I would say. Uh, but as a podcast, man, honestly, mashallah, you guys have your own style. And I've come, I came across your stuff before. I came across some of the controversial stuff and what, <laughs> some of the debates and, and I don't know what was going on before. And, you know, with some of the brothers, mashallah. But um, I came across some of that stuff that, that came up on my homepage. Um, but I think you guys are doing a good stuff, man. Good, doing good stuff. And you know what? You guys should just keep it the way it is. Keep it organic. Um, that's another thing, you know. Comparison is the thief of joy. So, you know, don't compare yourself with other podcasts. Just do your own thing. And um, now you guys are smashing it, man. Mashallah. May Allah bless you. Allahumma ameen. Habibi, jazakallah khair. Jazakallah. barak fikum. Wa barak fikum. Alhamdulillah. I have one more question. Another very important question. Do you have a historical artifact collection like your father? <laughs> oh, boy. Do you have a cherished you know what? Um, I've got there was one there's one thing that I did take from my dad all of my dad all of my father's stuff is mine I'm just saying that on public record right now anyway yeah, right <laughs> and uh, it doesn't matter what my dad says yeah <laughs> I'm only joking but um, no, there was a manuscript my dad he collects manuscripts as I'm sure you guys are aware so there was one that was really nice the binding was nice it was, it's like a purple binding and it's uh, around two to three hundred years old. It's a, it's the Quran from Surah Yasin downwards. Okay, so it's, I think it's got like seven Jews, around seven eight Jews in it. Um, that's one thing that I did take. I said to my dad, I'm 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 taking this. It's 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 too good. Yeah, it's really nice. I really liked it. Um, but no, I don't have my own personal collection. It's funny you ask that because I have been thinking about making one. I, I do need to get into that, inshallah. But I do have my own books. I do have my own books, and they're my books. Um, it's actually happened to me before. This is a fun fact. I've gone, it was actually this book. This is a book that I, I got. Um, it's, it's a book on Crusades by Thomas Asbridge. It's, uh, it's, it's, this guy, um, there's a movie called The Kingdom of Heaven. Mm -hmm. um, he was actually the historical advisor, but um, he officially took his name out. And... I don't blame him because that movie's got a lot of inaccuracies in it. Um, but um, I bought this book and my dad had or already had it. Um, so stuff like that does happen um, because mashallah, my dad's got loads and loads of books. He's got, sometimes I've spoken to him about books and he's like, oh, I really, I, I've got that book. You can take it and stuff like that. So mashallah, that's a benefit. But yeah, man, I've got my own book. So I think that's good enough for now. May Allah bless you for that, man. Whatever whatever you want to collect. Um, your father's already invited us, you know, when we come to the UK to come check out his coin collection. He was yeah, flexing bro. the second dinar, you know, the, the official, you know, on the podcast. And I was yeah. kind of impressed, man, that, that you know, there's, yeah. I love seeing people passionate in something. Obviously, you know, permissible and obviously. Um, but just having a passion and just me, me seeing you and your father that you guys are just men of passion that you guys have things that you love and you guys understand yourself at that depth and i think that's a lot of you know identity crisis and issues and people lack that today yeah man like like i i think being passionate about it is 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 very very important like for me personally history now subhanallah and maybe as we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast perhaps this is a nice way to end it as well but like six seven years ago five years ago maybe even like um I, I don't think I would have been, I would have thought I'm, I'm going to be doing a history degree and stuff like that or interested in history the way I am now. But subhanAllah, like now, there's actually think there's so many benefits to reading history, you know, um, that I found. Um, like I remember I was reading the book, um, 12 Years a Slave, and I know they made a movie out of it, but like I was reading the actual book, the actual account written by Solomon Northup. And subhanAllah, like some of the things that you read about what they went through and stuff like that. They'll make you cry. They'll literally make you cry. You know, it made me cry. Um, and um, and this is history. So there's so many different dimensions to history. There's happy moments. There's, you know, very difficult moments, emotional moments. Um, and passion, man. Yeah, passion is very, very... It's important to be... When you are passionate about something, I think you'll, th you'll thrive in that thing. It's all about just finding your passion. Finding your passion. Inshallah. 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 100%. I think that's that's what really kept us going for the podcast as well. That passion behind it. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I don't that... blame you guys. Podcasting is so fun, man. It's it's such yeah. a it's such an enjoyable thing. Yeah, 100%.
And with that being said, I guess we passionately invite you to come on very, very soon, inshallah. Uh, if that's it from, from Fayyad. I was going to say, bro, like, there's, there's a lot of sisters on Twitter, bro, throwing shade at us, you know, saying that, yo, men should just go get therapy instead of starting a podcast. But, you know what, until then, this is, this is what we got to do. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa kina adab in nar. Jazakallah khair, brother Musa. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm an ex-Muslim. Jesus is the only way. Damn. What sect were you a part of? Nihari or Pool? I think my family is Pool. Bro. Those are food dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I am happy I left Islam. I hated doing wudu, fasting, praying, etc. I accepted Christ in my heart. You were a Muslim? How many rackets in wudu? It depends on my days and mood. Some Muslims do five racket in wudu. And the shays will only do two. Any, any retraction you do now, switch off your social media. I don't want to see your face. I don't want to hear your voice. Wallahi. Wallahi, you're a crook and a fraudster. I think there's another thing too. It's it's the perseverance aspect too. Like we're more willing to stick through with things that we set out with an intention. It's impossible to have empathy for others if you're not patient. So my love, bless you for that. First of all, I agree with the fact that the whole thing you said about friends, where it's like if, if they're affecting you more than you're affecting them, then you should probably get some new friends. You want to be investing stocks, shares, bonds. You want to be investing in crypto. Because there's this thing called inflation, which means every year that passes by, the value of a dollar goes lower and lower and lower. And the reason being is because they're printing more money, right? That's why money is haram. At least the paper money is haram. Provided that you're actually there and you're being a good father and the mother's being a good mother, best conditions. And behind the mic, Hamza, Andreas, Zortzis, we will go in with our final three with brother Angel, inshallah. It's not just a responsibility on you. It's a responsibility on all the children, especially your father. In our private area is very elastic. And yeah, if you go too fast, the skin will literally crease up into like the edge of like the little clipper things. And you will literally clip your skin. You don't want to be on YouTube or the internet or anything that, that amount of time. But it's, it's, the, the fact is, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm.